Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Objective Health Show. I'm your host today, Elliot, and join with me in the virtual studio. We have Doug and Erica. We also have Damien in the background. Hello, guys. Hi. And in today's show, what we're going to be looking at is uh, some information on the debate between uh, the folks who say that red meat causes heart disease versus the other side of the coin, the people who are saying, well, actually, well, red meat is a healthful food. Now, if you follow the show, you'll know that uh, our general position is that an animal-based diet or a diet which consists of plentiful animal foods is consistent with long-term health. Now, this is something that has been known for a very long time. If you look at many traditional cultures, they eat a diet rich in animal products and have very low um, incidence of heart conditions. So we're of the opinion that it is the modern day lifestyle, the modern day processed foods, the seed oils and the uh, refined carbohydrates, etc., which are responsible for the kind of conditions which we're seeing, which are so frequent today. Um, but there are still uh, factions within the scientific community. And I think there are many of them who are finally breaking free of these assumptions and these wrong beliefs. But there are still people within science who are trying to convince uh, the average population that uh, that animal products are unhealthy and in particular cause heart disease. Now, Nina Takeholt, she is an author. She's pro- I think she's uh, authored several books, but the most well-known is um, The Big Fat Surprise. In that book, she had uh, deconstructed the arguments against animal foods and had quite successfully prevent, pr- presented a good evidence base for the concept that animal foods do not cause cardiovascular disease, uh, particularly saturated fat and red meat, and they are part of a, a healthful diet. So she has um, posted an article, it's on unsettledscience.substat.com, and it's titled Nina Takeholt's The Latest Study on Red Meat and Heart Disease, A Red Herring. Now, what this details is a recent study from Tufts University, which is trying to make the connection between red meat consumption and heart disease. And the way that they do this is they are, or the mechanism by which they're uh, proposing this is that red meat or uh, two components which are found in animal foods, in particular red meat, one being choline, which is a nutrient. It's somewhat similar to a B vitamin and carnitine, which is is an amino acid, uh, these things can break down in the gut depending on the the microbiome or the bacterial presence in the gut. But they break down into a metabolite called TMAO. In other words, what this stands for is trimethylamine N-oxide. Okay. Now, there have been several researchers who've tried to point a link between TMAO and uh, different health conditions this was starting in 2013. Um, and there's been a significant amount of research done on TMAO uh, since that point. Um, what this or what the scientists have tried to find a link between is does TMAO, uh, are there any mechanisms by which TMAO can cause heart disease? And is, is, is this one of the main ways in which red meat supposedly causes cardiovascular disease? Um, so this is uh, one of the 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 primary focuses or conclusions of the of the of the research study. Now, in the research study itself, 
Um, Nina points out several different problems with the methodology. Um, and you don't have to be a scientist to be able to appreciate how these things can be problematic. For instance, one of them is their reliance on the use of what's called a food frequency questionnaire. Now, this is kind of uh, renowned for having inherent issues. For instance, on the food frequency questionnaire, oftentimes it's um, retrospective. So the people have to remember what they've eaten. Say if they do it on a weekly basis, they have to uh, like estimate how many hot dogs or burgers or, or how much beef or pork or lamb that they've eaten. Um, and really, if you look at any analysis of how accurate these are, then you'll see that a food frequency questionnaire is really not very accurate whatsoever. Oftentimes, people either um, they they misrepresent what they consume for various reasons. They might think that they ate more. They might think that they ate less. Um, and there's there's numerous problems that can occur when people have to remember what they might have eaten or how often they eat it. Okay. Well, I think, um, sorry to, to interrupt there, Elliot, but I'm pretty sure that they actually ask you what you ate in the past year. So it's like, like how many people remember what they had yeah. for breakfast yesterday, you know, like, and, and they're exactly. asking you what you ate for the entire year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's literally no way that you could call this uh, accurate. Uh, it's, it's in, uh, I mean, there, there've been that many kind of uh, like analysis of, of how this is just not a good way to collect data whatsoever. Or if you're going to collect data, then you have to really take it with a major pinch of salt. Um, unfortunately, I think scientists with an agenda who want to try to prove something, well, they could quite happily take this data and present it as though it's kind of uh, it's airtight. But anyone who looks at it can say, well, if, if, if these people are essentially having to try to estimate how much they've eaten over a certain period of time, there's there's inherent flaws with the kind of methodology. Right. So first of all, that is a big problem. Secondly, uh, even like even with that considered um, the uh, the numbers like so, for instance, the 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 connection between the consumption of red meat uh and the and the incidence of heart disease or different heart conditions is tenuous tenuous at best so there's only very mild correlations um and uh at the same time there's also a variety of confounding factors which have not been taken into consideration so for instance what this means and what you generally see with these kind of studies who either base their um base their analysis on on food frequency questionnaires uh what you often see is that uh, they do not take into consideration the other lifestyle factors which are also potentially involved in developing heart disease. For instance, the people who might go out to McDonald's and have a, you know, a McBurger with their fries, well, that would be classed as a red meat meal. But at the same time, people who are generally uh, willing to go to McDonald's for their meals are not really concerned with their health in general. So they generally tend not to take much consideration or, or try to be healthy in other ways. They generally don't exercise. They might eat a high amount of processed foods. They might eat you know, they might uh, drink copious amounts of alcohol at the weekends. They might do other things which are associated with the cardiovascular disease. Unfortunately, these studies don't look at those confounding variables. At the same time, you also have pro-health behaviors. So people who are health conscious, generally they try to live a healthy lifestyle. Well, they might follow the guidelines to reduce their red meat consumption, but they might also take other measures. They might try to avoid artificial chemicals. They might not eat processed foods. They might exercise frequently. They might 
uh, engage in kind of detoxification methods, you know, infrared saunas, etc. So in general, you've got the people who are healthy or who try to be healthy. They generally don't eat processed foods. They don't go to McDonald's. Uh, they might not want to eat red meat because they follow the health advice. But overall, in you know, if you take things, you know, as a whole, well, these people are generally, they live a much healthier lifestyle. So there's lots of things that cannot be assessed just by looking at one metric. And this is the problem that this study seems to carry with it, is that all they're measuring is based on a food frequency questionnaire, how much red meat or estimated red meat these people consumed. Anyway, um, she goes on to detail uh, the the conclusions of the study, which again was based on very tenuous data and uh, it's not really to be trusted, but the conclusions were that, okay, there's a certain amount of people, there's a mild correlation between these people eating more animal products or more red meat and some incidents of cardiovascular disease. So what we suspect is that uh, is that it must be due to, to this compound called TMAF. So as I've said previously, TMAO is a compound which is uh, can be generated by the gut microbiome and it can be generated in our cells as well by the, the breakdown of an amino acid called carnitine, which is very high in red meat, and choline, which is also quite high in red meat. However, um, the problem is, and this is kind of like the, the sticking point of the entire theory, and this is where it crumbles, is the theory goes that red meat contains these things and therefore you can get lots of TMO from eating red meat. Therefore, we found in Petri dish and we found in certain studies that TMAO can cause these certain effects on the vascular system or they can enhance platelet aggregation or enhance inflammation in the vascular cells. Therefore, that must be the reason why red meat causes cancer or causes cardiovascular disease. However, what they fail to acknowledge, and this is perhaps uh, where, the, where the theory falls apart, I think, is that red meat is not the only thing which generates TMAO. In fact, there are numerous foods which also generate TMAO. And not only do they generate TMAO, they generate massive amounts of TMAO. We're talking about 10 to 100 times the amount of TMAO that you get from meat. One example is um, cold water fish. If you look at cod, for example, well, cod, is said to generate around 65 times more TMEO in the human body than beef. At the same time, halibut, which is an halibut, which is an oily fish, is said to generate at least 100 times the amount of TMEO than red meat. And if you look at the associative studies, well, what do they say is really good for cardiovascular disease and heart health? They say that cold water fish. Okay. In fact, if you look at um, the diet studies, well, cold water fish is consistently, in fact, seafood intake is consistently inversely correlated or negatively associated with cardiovascular disease, meaning that people who eat more fish generally tend to get less heart disease. And if fish produces more TMAO, and yet fish is associated with less heart, heart disease, well, that kind of flies in the face of the theory that TMAO causes heart disease, no? And it's not only fish, right? There's a numerous vegetables as well. We've got cauliflower, peas, peanuts, potatoes, carrots, all of these things, which are supposedly very healthy. Scientists telling you that you need to be, be eating plant-based, eating lots of fruits and vegetables. Well, actually, these things are producing lot more, lots more TMEO than red meat ever does. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, the article is worth reading in its entirety because uh, uh, Takeholtz does a really good um, job of kind of going through it and, and pointing out all the flaws. The food frequency questionnaires, they've been a thorn in my side for, for years now. Every time I see a... And it's, it's, it's really funny too, because anytime you see uh, a headline that's like, new study concludes red meat is going to kill you for whatever reason. It's like inevitably, even if they don't mention in the article, if you go to the study, you find out it was food frequency questionnaires that they were doing. And they are just so inaccurate. Like they should be banned really because they're so, it's, 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 you're testing nothing. You're testing basically what people make up that they ate for the last year. It's like people who said that they ate a healthy diet last year have less heart disease than people who said they didn't eat a healthy diet last year. <laughs> it's like, that's really what you're, people who lied about their diet don't have as much heart disease, oddly enough. But yeah, I, anyway, so I just wanted to say that the, uh, the article is worth going into. And she actually does a very good job of kind of pointing out the key players. Um, she does that a lot in her writing, actually. Um, she's very uh, aware of kind of who's on that team and who's kind of pushing this stuff. Walter Willett's name comes up a number of times. He's actually the guy who invented this food frequency questionnaire. And the head of uh, this study, I think he was the head of it, or at least he was a participant in it. Um, his name is Mazafarian, is his last name. Uh, Dariush Mazafarian. Uh, he's the Dean of Tufts Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy at Tufts University. Is also the creator of the Food Compass Rating System. Now, I don't know if we've actually talked about that on the show, but this, there's a, a new rating system that's out there that they put onto all their processed foods that rates foods on how healthy they are. And of course, red meat is near, near the bottom of the scale where sugary cereals and all kinds of processed foods are up near the top, um, which is just so counterintuitive. It's just complete bullshit. Like, obviously, they're, they're just coming up with ways to... Um, make it seem like these processed foods are, are the real health foods. Um, how does Takeholz point it? She says, the Food Compass rating system, which found Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, and altogether 70 brand-named cereals from General Mills, Kellogg's, and Post to be worthy of ranking far higher than eggs or ground beef. So, it's, it's these people have an agenda, right? I mean, they can't it's say... It's in there. Go ahead, Erga. Oh, I was going to say, it's in the article, too, at the very end, right above the references. She says, co-author Stanley Hazen, the inventor of the TMAO hypothesis, turns out to have been in partnership with Procter & Gamble since 2015. This includes a joint development agreement with Procter & Gamble to develop an over-the-counter product and help people manage their TMAO levels. <laughs> Procter & Gamble has participated in and paid for Hazen's research while also employing him as a consultant, as Hazen is reported in 2018. Hazen also consistently discloses being named as a co-inventor on pending and issued patents held by the Cleveland Clinic related to cardiovascular diagnostics and therapeutics, a search of the U.S. patent database for Cleveland Clinic and TMAO yields 23 existing patents. So there you have it. Yeah. Business. Yeah, it's business. And I mean, it just, I, the thing that I find really telling is that as soon as it's kind of like they can't keep plugging the saturated fat 
cholesterol hypothesis anymore. They just can't. There's too much evidence that just says that there's nothing to this. You know, the amount of saturated fat you eat obviously has nothing to do with your heart health. The amount of cholesterol that you eat obviously has nothing to do with your heart health. They can't do it anymore. So right away, they switch to TMAO. It's like their agenda is to get people to stop eating meat. That's what it is. Yeah. And they don't care how they do it. They just, it's like, oh, this, this one narrative is not working anymore. So we have to switch narratives. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, indeed. And uh, she mentions this in the article. She's talking about like some of the recent reviews, one uh, published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology, which is a super like important journal for cardiologists concluded in 2020 that when it came to heart disease, the evidence was insufficient to justify continued caps on saturated fat. So clearly they're looking for another scapegoat and that's yeah. what TMAO is. And it's quite, I mean, it's quite amazing how cardiologists, research scientists who have a scientific background, who can, you know, rationally kind of deduced, or they can come up with hypotheses. They can assess evidence, how they buy into into this TMAO hypothesis. Because all you have to do is look at other foods which produce TMAO, such as oily fish. I mean, it's just, you don't have to be a scientist to do this, right? It's very clear that this is kind of more ideological, right? It's an ideological tirade against meat. And it's like they're coming up with reasons. And it, if they can't do it nutritionally, then they do it politically, they do it environmentally. They're saying, well, okay, well, actually, uh, maybe, you know, maybe eventually when all of the science dries up supporting their argument, they will even say, okay, well, maybe red meat is really healthy, but actually you just can't eat it because of the environment. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, 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 let's, they're just going to continue finding reasons to prevent. And again, that, that I think it opens up, opens us up to more questions than it does answers, because then we have to wonder why, why is there this major seemingly ideological drive to prevent us from eating meat and, and who benefits from that? And what is the underlying drive behind that? And there's various reasons or, you know, theories for why that might be, uh, you know, you've got this concept of the world economic forum and the whole kind of uh, great reset agenda 2030 or whatever, where they're going to have a, a seating all bugs and things. Uh, but what is the fundamental benefit or gain from us not eating animal products? And there's, you know, ways that we could speculate on that, surely. Uh, but certainly it's it's not for the health of the population. And I think at some level, there many of these individuals know that what they're doing is they're, they're outright lying and it's, it's blatant fraud. I mean, in the past couple of shows, what we've discussed is the concept of uh, serotonin and Alzheimer's, how a lot of the research into that field was based on fraudulent evidence. And it seems as though uh, whether it will come out to the public or not, uh, the same is being done and has been done on the uh, the fight against animal foods and saturated fat and red meat, uh, and and I mean, moving on very briefly, uh, the question is: we, we've had how many decades worth of propaganda against red meat and saturated fat? You would think that the public would have lapped it up and would have really incorporated it into their worldview, uh, but but people never fail to amaze me, and it would seem as though people haven't necessarily done that in fact people still like to eat meat um and just a few years ago uh we've been 
speaking, especially since the whole COVID situation began, uh, there was a, a renewed interest or a major, major public interest in the concept of fake meat. So we had Beyond Burger, we had many of these biotech corporations who are coming up with meat alternatives. And we've discussed, you know, the kind of GMO technology that's behind that. And we've discussed all the potential problems with that. Um, but over the past one or two years, you've had major rollouts of these kind of projects um, to the general public. So you've had uh, McDonald's where they introduced something called the McPlant Burger. Uh, I was in the UK a couple of months ago. I was surprised to see uh, all of the, uh, the 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 gas stations they were offering the uh, the Beyond Burger. I didn't see anyone eating the Beyond Burger, but I knew <laughs> I saw that they were there. That's but it was on sure. offer. <laughs> Well, well, we've got some recent news, which is definitely a positive development. Um, and this is from an article titled um, Planet Saving Fake Meat Burger Fails. And so it turns out there's a couple of headlines which have uh, come out recently. Uh, McDonald's ends testing McPlank Burger, adding pressure on Beyond Meat stock. So apparently McDonald's uh, had trialed out the uh, this Beyond Meat fake burger, uh, but the burger didn't sell enough and it wasn't as prof- profitable enough for the company. And so they uh, they eventually uh, discontinued the project. Um, it seems as though people are not particularly interested in eating fake meat. In fact, uh, just an anecdote here, during the uh, the, the COVID lockdowns, uh, there were a, a few occasions where people had been kind of panic buying uh, food. And when you'd go into the supermarket and you'd see that some of the aisles were somewhat empty, uh, particularly the meat section. We had a couple of days where the meat section was definitely on the low side. What I can say is that I personally saw um, the Beyond Meat and the fake meat alternatives. They were all fully stocked, uh, even when all of the real meat had, had, had disappeared. So. <laughs> It would seem as though, despite all of the propaganda, um, the the market is is speaking for itself, and people don't want this. That's exactly it. And you know the the eat the bugs thing too. It's like that's an even tougher sell. Like if they can't even sell Beyond Meat burgers, like how are they going to sell the bugs? And those things, like you know, I'm seeing like videos popping up on social media of, of celebrities eating bugs. Like trying to show how great it is like oh yeah we eat bugs it's great it's like i think that's an even tougher sell but that's what they're going for you know don't eat the meat eat the bugs and um i don't see it being successful i mean like honestly like they should just be looking at the marketing here it's like mcdonald's okay the largest fast food fast food chain in the world just canceled their veggie burger right? They're, they're beyond meat burger. It's like people don't want these alternatives and, and that's made out of vegetables. Like people eat vegetables all the time and you're going to try and get people to eat bugs. It's like, how many takers are you going to have on this? Honestly, like it's probably going to be the same thing that happened when the beyond meat stuff started coming out and KFC, I think it was started serving chicken nuggets or something like that, that were, I don't know if it was beyond meat. It was one of those companies. Um, and there was people lined up around the block to try it um when they first introduced it and then it just dried up and again they discontinued it because it's nobody wants it it's like there's this curiosity at first it was like oh yeah let's try it let's try it and then they go try it and they're like 
I like chicken better, so let's just get the chicken, and it's cheaper, so let's just get the chicken. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a popular idea. Well, McDonald's is a good example too, because in the '90s they tried to make their French fries out of GMO potatoes, and they actually told their consumers that they were going to be switching over to GMO potatoes to make their French fries, and consumers flat out rejected it. They wanted nothing to do with it. So it's kind of a an interesting little uh, tidbit of information there. You know, like the consumer is deciding what's happening. And even though they're pushing this all on us, like at a nauseating level, that like the article says, you know, that people just, they just don't really wanna eat fake meat to save the climate. Like at the end of the day, they're yeah. just not willing to, to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, well, just interestingly, apparently Beyond Meat stock has fallen from $125 to $34 in the last 12 months. 34% of the shares are currently held by short sellers, which is basically a way of saying that it's not really worth much. Yeah. And I remember when we first started talking about the fake meat things, uh, you know, it was costing like $100,000 to create one of these fake oh, burgers, yeah. right? With the heme and all that. And how are we going to, you know, make it affordable? So they did that. I mean, they accomplished that. They made it affordable and people still don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. And 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 the CEO, I mean, I'm looking at him now. His name's Ethan Brown. Apparently, what he said was that one of the reasons, one of the reasons he's, you know, he claimed, was that um, prices are basically going up, and what they found difficult was to shift those prices onto the consumer. So you know, if the price of production or something goes up, ordinarily the you know, the, the, the manufacturer is going to place some of those costs onto the consumer, increase the price so that they can still continue to make a profit, right? Whereas, uh, whereas what he said was that uh, while the animal protein industry has been able to substantially increase pricing to essentially offset significant reductions in volume, in our sector, we have not had the opportunity to do that. And the author of this article says, meat costs were rising too, but the customers were willing to pay. So in other words, people are willing to pay extra cost to eat real food. Yeah. <laughs> but when surprise, it comes surprise. to Beyond Meat, people aren't interested. Like you said, Doug, it's a novelty thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, let me try this thing to see how much it tastes like meat. Mm. Do I want to eat this? Well, probably not. <laughs> I just want to try it. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get like what one customer... Uh, but they're not recurring customers. You might have some of the crazy vegans, which do, but I mean, that's, that's a, but the crazy vegans aren't going to eat at McDonald's anyway. Exactly. They're not going to do that. Like, you know, it, it's, it's like, they don't, it, it's like, they don't know their market. Right. And I think it was beyond, beyond meat or it might've been one of the other companies who were saying, actually, we're not targeting vegetarians and like vegans and stuff like that, who we're targeting are um, the flexitarians, the people who are trying to get, have less meat in their diet. Right. And I don't even know if those people like exist really outside of kind of like urban professional kind of intellectual types. Like I, your average person out there isn't looking to reduce their meat, you know, like your average salty the earth type isn't like, oh, you know, we should really reduce our meat. I, hardly ever. Right. So I, I don't think that they have a market that they think that they do. 
Well, and the author's calling it a culture war, which is what it is. Like we are inundated now by the, you know, go vegan or go vegetarian to save the planet. And then, you know, like you said, the, you know, certain types, it's like all about shame and, you know, oh, I can't believe you're going to eat that. Oh, you eat meat. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's a strategy that is definitely gaining popularity as I've shared many times I was a vegan 20 years ago I know the mindset you know what I mean but now it's just like on steroids I mean it's like the rich people eating bugs or the you know stars or whatever you know like oh if we just it's like we're all a bunch of five-year-olds and we're just gonna do monkey see monkey do but most people are like no I like my burger thanks yeah you know? yeah that's okay <laughs> not for me yeah yeah, indeed. Uh, so that's positive. I'm glad that people generally have enough common sense to see this thing for what it is and say, well, actually, this is kind of odd and uh, and we don't, you know, we don't want it. <laughs> we want real food. Um, unfortunately, uh, in other news, moving on, uh, it seems as though people who might tend towards the Beyond Burger in other words, people who don't eat animal products or people who don't eat much meat or any meat, vegetarians. A recent study was published showing the vegetarians have a greater risk of hip fracture. Uh, among 26,318 women, 822 hip fractures were observed roughly over 20 years. Okay. That represented just over 3% of the sample population. After adjustment for factors such as smoking and age, get this, vegetarians were the only diet group with an elevated risk of hip fracture. This new study is one of very few to compare the risk of hip fracture in vegetarians and meat eaters where the occurrence of hip, fr hip fracture was confirmed from hospital records. What it shows is that vegetarians had a 33% increase of or 30% higher increase, higher risk of hip fracture compared to those who ate meat. Now, if you know just the very basics of nutrition, nutritional science, then it's fairly obvious to see why that might be the case. In fact, to maintain healthy bones, to maintain healthy connective tissue and protein, you need to get adequate protein in the diet. In fact, many of the amino acids and the nutrients that you find in animal foods can only be derived from animal foods. And in fact, it's very difficult to get them on vegetarian diets, one being vitamin K2. In fact, vitamin K2 is remarkably difficult to get from non-animal source foods. And this is something which helps calcium enter into the bone. It's one of the things in which helps us basically maintain a healthy musculoskeletal system. And so without enough K2, well, one is certainly at risk for developing bone problems, particularly osteoporosis or hip fracture or anything like that. But uh, aside from that, there's a number of different nutrients that might be involved. The amino acid carnosine, for instance, uh, choline, uh, uh, vitamin B12. I mean, there's several things that you just do not get adequate amounts or high amounts in on a vegetarian diet. Yeah, that was interesting. It's also interesting that um, this article, like, it's like they talked to all these experts and stuff like that. And, and all the experts are basically saying, this doesn't mean not to be a vegetarian. 
you know this that, that don't take that away from this that that's not what this shows you know we just we need to, to figure out you know what it is about these diets that that's missing you know what these diets are missing that are causing this problem but you can still be a vegetarian and you still should be a vegetarian you shouldn't ban it it's like the easiest answer is to go eat some meat man like if your diet is clearly deficient in something and is causing uh, an increased rate of hip fractures then the answer is to go and eat some meat like that is really what it comes down to. I mean, if 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 you have to kind of tailor your diet, like really micromanage your diet to get the nutrients exactly right to mimic another diet, why not just go with the other diet? I don't know. That's my take on it anyway. <laughs> no, it's an excellent take. I mean, the question is I there was I was reading the comments of, of one article. In fact, there was there was a, a piece that came out not long ago in the uh, the UK Telegraph of a um, it was a cafe or like a restaurant on the Isle of Wight. The Isle of Wight is a small uh, island off of the UK, and uh, it's got a small population. But there was a, a report of a, a cafe which had stopped intentionally stopped serving vegan friendly food uh simply because of the uh the the abuse that they had received from vegans or plant-based advocates or whatever who were basically criticizing their their choices um and saying that the the uh the the food was either not tasty or the 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 selection was not not wide enough so for instance the cafe right very traditional cafe or you know serving home-cooked traditional food which isn't plant-based by any stretch of the imagination had originally made reservations and uh, provided some options for vegans and vegetarians uh you know assuming that if you had someone that comes in at least they'd have something to eat you know it's, it's, it's a nice thing to do and then all of a sudden uh, they start getting this flood of abuse and this flood of criticism from these militant vegans saying, well, no, your, 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 um, uh, your selection is not wide enough. Furthermore, uh, you're storing our, our plant-based products or our vegan products yeah. in the same refrigerator as the animal foods. And that's not acceptable. And so this, the owner of this cafe basically says, you know what? Forget this. I'm not I'll serving take my losses. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm not serving any vegan food. Nothing. <laughs> and um and of course they received a lot of abuse, but actually if you look at the overall overall comments and uh, and and publicity this brought, they got a lot of support. And I entertained myself. I, I actually had a look at some of the comments earlier today and uh, I was reading through uh, what some people were saying and on this on the on this topic uh, it really seems as though uh, vegans and 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 uh, these these plant plant based advocates, um, what was I going to say? I've I kind of I think I've forgotten exactly what I was going to say, but um, they're not popular. <laughs> no, indeed, no. It seems to be a novel thing. It seems to be very novel, and it's kind of like um, it's 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 an interesting thing for for people to try but but as a long-term strategy not many people want to do it it's not very not very popular i don't think yeah yeah well well okay uh one last thing that we had to cover um i think we're short on time actually elliot yeah we're running out of time yeah yeah 
Okay. <laughs> we'll have to save it for the time. next. Yeah. Yeah. For the next ridiculousness. Okay, so we can save <laughs> this for the next show. Um. Okay. Anything else on vegans? <laughs> I don't think so. They get enough attention these days. They're good. <laughs> I think they do. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, to round this round this up, then if that's everything, we can we can finish up the show today. Uh, what we've discussed, if we've spoken about how red meat, uh, the studies on red meat likely are, uh, many of them are are kind of inaccurate. Uh, we've spoken about this numerous times on the show, but TMEO is not a good marker uh, for cardiovascular disease. Anyone who tells you that TMEO causes heart disease and therefore you should stop your red meat consumption. Well, you should considering stop eating vegetables, and you could you should also considering uh, consider stop eating um, fish as well, particularly cold water fish such as cod, because that generates a high amount of TMEF. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, does anyone else have anything to add, or shall we call it a day today? So we call it a day. Call it a day. Okay. Perfect. Right, well, uh, I want to thank my co-host today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Damien on the Wheels of Steel. And thanks to our listeners. If you found this video helpful, uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, tune in for our next show as we do one every week. And we will be talking about some interesting topics which come up in the future. So uh, speak soon. And bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.